see some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Spit. Spit, the Spit Surfing Podcast, where we talk all things surf. We kind of just spitball. We we roll with rumor, innuendo, and occasionally a fact or two. Uh, along with David Lee Scales, I'm Scott Bass. There's our friend Glenn Brummage. Hey, guys. What's up, Glenn? Glenn, we can't hear you because you're not on a microphone. But that's okay. We don't want you on a microphone. Here's the problem. <laughs> There's no SD card in the in the camera. It is in the box. Oh. Which is why I walked in here, which is to make sure. You I'm going to leave that to you. You could be our tech guy right now. Um, well, Scott, that was such a good intro. We're not going to redo it. Of course not. No, this is, we're sticking with it. Um, it is Tuesday, late. September 17th. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. And um, David, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. We are entering a brand new era of surf podcasting today. This is so exciting. So much development on I the know. technical front. I walked in. The doors were open here at the Shack Library slash Board of Directors room. And there was a new setup, new technical capabilities that were before me. All sorts of new stuff. Yeah. Thanks to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, not only for hosting us, but for sponsoring the visuals for today's show. Yes. They got us a camera. Stepping up to the plate, and we can't say enough good things about Shaq. Of course, <clears throat> uh, I've been involved with Shaq for quite a while, and um, it's just a fabulous place. You know, it's the Smithsonian Thanks, of Glenn. surf. And I wouldn't be here or know it. Hold on. Oh, there it goes. Thank you. It's live. Um, I wouldn't be here or know anything about Shaq probably without your introduction to it. I mean, I would have learned about it eventually, but yeah. I certainly wouldn't have had the uh, wonderful relationship that I've developed with them because of you. You want me to show you how to put headphones on, Scott? <laughs> Sorry for, you know, it's annoying. <laughs> headphones. I a few things. <laughs> I can't hear shit. Oops. Where's the cuss jar? <laughs> um... All right, listeners are going to have to put up with us fumbling with new uh, equipment. I'm not hearing anything. Really? Yeah. Oh, I need to turn your mic. Your test, test, test. Oh, my. There we are. There you are. All By right. the way, right. here's my first question to you. What is the feedback on the drops? Rick James, it was, it was mixed. <laughs> no, but I think people love the idea of the drops. I just didn't execute very well. Me running the soundboard, like I failed, basically. Well, I do listen to quite a few podcasts and I watch podcasts on YouTube and stuff. And, um, and some of the better drops are much quicker. Yep. Aren't mine, the one I selected are too long. They need to be just real fast mm. and you know, boom. Okay. We'll work on it. Rick James bitch is pretty good, but it, some of the longer ones maybe. Yeah. If it breaks up the rhythm of the show, that's right. not a good thing. Good point. Um, Scott, we got all, so in addition to, uh, this video equipment, all this new tech. Yes. We've got some sponsors. 
Sponsor Spy. It's such a beautiful day to see through a happy lens with Spy Optic. Nailed it. Did they send you that ad copy no, directly? Just this just is the truth. From I the speak heart? the truth from the gut, from the heart, from the deep bowels of my inner being. It's pretty impressive. Happy I spy felt optics. Good. I felt it. Well, you should. It was sincere. Well, um, your good buddy Pat Rawson is donating a surfboard to one lucky person who uses our promo code podcast on spyoptic.com. So if you go on spyoptic.com, you buy sunglasses or goggles, snow goggles or whatever. Um, and use our promo code podcast that gives you an inter entry to win a custom made Pat Rawson shortboard clear, no color, um, and limited at like six and a half or I think six foot seven. So there's two limitations and then you're responsible for shipping, but he'll build it for you either in San Diego or Hawaii and, uh, build it to your specs. I'll put you in contact with him directly and you can meet Pat Rawson. Get a custom-made board. How killer is that? That's very nice. That's insane. Promo code podcast. Yeah, thank you, Spy. Um, and then Neat Essentials, of course. Yes, Neat Essentials. Are you trunking it right now? I am. I wore my Neat Essentials yesterday. How crazy is it that the water's still that warm? It's so beautiful. I know. I love it. This last weekend, it was like, I mean, it's mid-September, and it was like summertime. Yeah. Complete summertime, sunny, 80 degrees out, 70 degree water, peaky, A-frame, Yeah, summer, break. as you know, for those of us that have lived around here in Southern California for a long time, summer really starts around August 15th. So funny. And then, you know, you get about a week, then the kids are all back in school. And by the beginning of September, it feels like summer. Yeah. And it's warm and hot and there's south swells and it rolls through like November. I know. Basically. I, I still, it surprises me every year when it's July and I'm like, why is the water 60 degrees or 62 degrees or whatever? You know, I forget that it's that way every year. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, wearing my neat essentials trunks and jacket lately. Perfect. And by the way, I was thinking going into wintertime or the, certainly the autumn, um, like my actual outerwear jacket, not my wetsuit jacket. Like I've had this outerwear kind of puffer from, uh, neat essentials for two years now and I wear the same exact one and I've worn it pretty much seven months out of the year, maybe eight months out of the year. It's just my daily jacket and I've had it for two years and the thing is still kind of in primo condition. So I'm psyched. Check, Killer. check that stuff out. If you haven't already need essentials. Um, dot com. I've got a surprise for you. Oh my, what do you, you got here? <laughs> are you exhausted? Do you want to move on? <laughs> Holy crap. What do you got? What kind of surprises what are you? What do we have here? Oh, David's I've reaching got. into a bag. Goodies. Scott. Are those because, headphones? Because you're looking a little unkempt, I'm going to gift you with the, <laughs> the lawnmower 2.0 manscaped refining the gentleman. What's in this box? The lawnmower 2.0 trimmer, two adjustable guards, a USB charger, that sounds scary, and a cleaning brush. There's so much that's not said in this that I'm afraid to know what this is. How do you, how do you feel about manscaping? I don't manscape. Um, my wife will occasionally like clean up around my neck and my ear, and when I get those like old man antenna eyebrows, which you probably haven't experienced yet at your young age, she'll pick those out, but that's about the extent of it. Okay, well, manscape. I don't know that you know the defini definition of manscaping. I don't. Okay, well, support for Spit today 
specifically comes from Manscaped. They're the number one in men's below the belt grooming, Scott. This isn't above the shirt collar. This is below the belt. And they offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's wow. we're going with. Precision engineered tools <laughs> so, for the family jewels. So man, so this redesign, this is the lawnmower 2.0. This is the redesigned version. What happened? And it has, what was wrong with 1.0? Well, it turns out 2.0 has skin safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag nice. your jewels. Nice. So, um. Also, here's the other thing, Scott. Do I need to Once use this you, and report back? <laughs> yes, you do. That's oh, part of our sponsor okay. agreement. Fair so enough. no, the thing is, once you experience the virtues of proper manscaping, yes. you're going to, you're going to trip out. This is you're, tripping me out already. You're going to trip it. There, you, there's no going back, All right. but you would never use your head, your face trimmer, obviously on your family jewels. So that's just gross. So you need designated products. Can I just and cut to the out, chase? Do you trim your ball sack with this thing? hundred percent. And oh it's, a, it's amazing. And it's amazing. <laughs> There's but, so many visuals going on right now. It's, oh dude, it's, <laughs> it's unreal. Once again, right. once you experience the virtues of it, mm -hmm. you'll never go back, but the you virtues. don't want to use what you're using on your face. You want a right. designated trimmer and Manscaped invented cool. this trimmer that's specifically Safe. All right. Safe for all the weird cracks and crevices. The lawnmower 2.0. My oh, wife wait, is going to be excited. More. There's more. The plow. <laughs> <laughs> the plow safety razor 2.0. But Scott, this is the there's next. more. Oh my. And a crop mop refreshing ball wipes with active pH control. Manscaped is taking care of us. Refining the gentleman which of course David and I are, and we have a crop cleanser, hair and body wash, invigorating, by the way, with active pH control. The pH control Man, is highly Manscaped important. Manscaped is coming through. I've got you a crop reviver, a crop preserver. I got everything you need, Scott. You are is going- Is the federal government going to subsidize my crop? Actually, it's not, that, that crop isn't that, um, fruitful not that it's not <laughs> that not bountiful enough, there's not enough volume it's not enough volume right. you don't have enough competition to threaten that's the why real I need, economy that's why i need it subsidized <laughs> but um but no no okay. joke manscaped all this stuff is legit i've this. been on the program for a while so here's cool here's surprise here's the best thing yeah listeners know what i'm talking about already they've been thinking i know they've probably been on amazon trying to buy like trimming products that are designed for your face but they're using them for the manscaping right. no 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 don't do that. This is all designed specifically for no nicks, no cuts. It's fully safe. You can shave with impunity and better yet, you get 20% off and free shipping with our code surfing at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code surfing. Holy mackerel. All right. Well, but I mean, seriously, look at the quality. I mean, I don't know if you can open that package, but the quality of the stuff is really, really legit. Okay, so well, I'm attempting to open it, and I believe you. And I'm gonna go and uh, use this product and report back. I'm gonna teach Scott how to open a box after the show. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> with the show. Uh, the ranch. Are you ready for the ranch? I got some news, and I mean the ranch. So is this something that Matt Warshaw wrote and emailed to us on Sunday night? No. Oh, what? You but wrote some, this one yourself? This has. Some of my writing, some archival writing from Surfer Magazine in 1970 wow. by Drew Campion. It also has 
an LA Times article which came out last week, which is why we're doing we're talking about this. Gotcha. I'm going to uh well, I just got a text I can read on it. Uh I'm gonna go visit Drew Campion. Oh next, killer next month. Up in Washington? Yep. My mom lives on that island. No. I've visited I've run into Drew up there before no when I was just like at the grocery store. Should I visit your mom? Uh it's up to you. She's a very nice lady. The plow 2.0 Scott's fondling right now. So this thing is heavy duty, isn't it? This thing's like a pickaxe. So I thought the lawnmower was going to be my, what favorite. do I use this? Which portion of my body gets this same portion family jewels, oh but that thing cuts so much closer than the lawnmower. The lawnmower will do the, like a lot of work, but the plow does precision work. This is my, okay. It's, oh. I mean, I couldn't, I was really afraid to put that thing anywhere near my body and it's actually got a lot of. You can't, almost can't hurt yourself. So when I tell my wife I'm going to mow the lawn, it means a whole different thing. <laughs> She's like, why are you going to the bathroom? Then? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll be back. Oh my. I'm going to, it's going to change your life. Don't worry. I'm not worried. You seem, you seem my life, worried. My life is good either way. Uh, the ranch. Do you want me to get into this? Yes, I do. Okay. 1970 surfer magazine. This was written by Drew Campion. The ranch is California at its best. It is clean and raw and almost silent. And the waves that break there when they are breaking right are the best to be found anywhere in America proper. I first remember cows, big red and white ones with broad, flat faces and huge, dispassionate eyes, standing paused in the lull of a graze, all slobber and drip-mouthed, pulverizing the chlorophyll from fresh grass. And as we wove down twisting canyons on the way to the surf, the cows, surprised by our approach, would charge off ahead of our bus, running dead ahead of us down the road, then veering off to the side and lumbering into a heaving halt in some field to watch with childlike eyes the passage of our threat. Ranchways are different, even than other good California spots, and it is said that no one just walks in and rides the ranch waves well. It takes time and experience and perception to ride the almond-shaped pinwheeling pockets. The waves at the ranch are generally fast, hard-breaking, and attractive. It is a wave that tends to push a surfer past the bullshit stage and into truly refined wave riding. Drew Campion. Beautiful. I'm going to give you a little history, David. <clears throat> Thank you. And listeners. Named after the Hollister family who owned the farmed and farmed the ranch for four generations dating back to the mid-19th century, the Hollister Ranch is a 14,000-acre residential subdivision with eight and a half miles of shoreline in Santa Barbara County, and it is private property. It was the site of some of the oldest known human settlements in the New World, the, late, the last native population of which was Chumash Indians. Anthropologists have written that there were 20,000 Chumash living in an area that covers California's coast from Malibu to the south to San Luis Obispo in the north at the time of the European occupation. The Spanish Portola expedition first European land explorers of California traveled along its coast in 1769. It became part of the extensive Spanish land grant known as Rancho Nuestra Señora del Refugio, operated by the family of José Francisco Ortega from 1794. David, this land was purchased by William Wells Hollister after the Civil War as part of a large acquisition, the center of which was at Glen Annie. 
It continues to be privately owned and is one of the last remaining undeveloped coastal areas in Southern California. The Hollisters had no idea that their property fronted a fertile wave garden for self-seeking, self-interested surfers. Those surfers first entered the ranch in the mid-1950s. Some surf history, David. It was Rennie Yader and a few others who started surfing the ranch in the mid-1950s. Within a few years, word caught on and other surfers ventured into the ranch to surf. It was during this time that a bad situation arose, not exactly... I'm not exactly sure what happened. I've heard various accounts, David. One is that some surfers got drunk and tipped a few cows off of a cliff. Oh, my gosh. Right. Regardless of what it is they did, according to these accounts that I've heard, their stupid actions pissed off Mr. Hollister. And it probably pissed off Rennie Yater, too, because it wasn't his crew of surfers that did this, but the action tainted the relationship between Hollister and the surfers. So as I'm told, Rennie brokered peace with Mr. Hollister and he told Hollister more or less, look, I'll control the surfers up here. I'll start a surf club. It will only be guys I know and trust, good guys. And we'll post a guard at the entrance and we won't let anyone on your property that we don't know. Mr. Hollister agreed. He trusted Rennie and Rennie Yater's surf club was called the Santa Barbara Surf Club. And again, some of these might not be completely accurate facts, but this was as was told to me. Gotcha. And for years, David, the surf to the ranch was limited to members of that Santa Barbara Surf Club. Then Hollister sold the property. It was subdivided. 100-acre lots sold and homes began being built. And that's when the red flags started cropping up by various public voices and subsequently buried by ranch property owners. The state of California's Coastal Act proclaimed in 1976 that the beach is for everyone, and if you develop land on the coastline, you must provide access to the public beaches. In 1981, and this is from the California Coastal Commission website, in 1981, the California Coastal Commission adopted a comprehensive public access program for Hollister Ranch which would provide daily public access to eight and a half miles of shoreline at Hollister Ranch, a 14,000 acre subdivision, as I mentioned. The program was amended a year later, 1982, to implement the program in three phases with daily caps on the number of visitors as suggested by an environmental assessment report. David, that was over 30 years ago. For a variety of reasons, mostly political and legal, the program has never been implemented and the public has never been able to exercise their constitutional right of access to the beaches at Hollister Ranch. In 2018, last year, Assembly Member Monique Limon, a Democrat from Santa Barbara, introduced a bill that would have authorized new funding to secure public access ways at Hollister. But Governor Jerry Brown vetoed the bill on the grounds that the access program should be updated first with, with more finances and so forth, environmental impact reports that aren't 30 years old. Some have suggested there were well-connected ranch Democrats that pulled a favor from Governor Brown and had him kick this legislation down the road a bit, but that is pure speculate, speculation, but not without reason. Last year, or I should say this year, David, in 2019, the Coastal Commission has begun the task of updating the Hollister Ranch Public Access Program per Governor Governor Brown's orders. 
And now, David, we fast forward to last week. A story in the LA Times by a writer named Rosanna Jai goes on to state this. And again, this is September 9th. The state assembly gave final legislative approval Monday to a bill designed to open up the pristine beaches of Hollister Ranch, giving hope to advocates and officials whose efforts to secure public access have been thwarted for decades by the area's powerful landowners. Governor Gavin Newsom, David, has until October 13th, less than a month from now, David, to decide whether to sign the measure, which requires that the public be allowed to enter the ranch by land and access some of its eight and a half miles of shoreline by April of 2022. Further access would be phased in under comprehensive plans to be developed in the next two years. David, the bill would also make it a crime punishable by tens of thousands of dollars in fines for any action by a person or group to impede, delay, or otherwise obstruct the implementation of public access to these coveted beaches and surf breaks in Santa Barbara County. This new bill is the product of months of meetings and input from agencies in charge of coastal access and staff from the governor's office. Details of the final draft were made public just last week, David, and I have looked at them, and I can sh- we can put a link to them on the SPIT website. Yep. The State Coastal Act, again, as I brought this up earlier, David, in 1976, it basically says if you build property on the beach, you have to give access to the public. It is unclear where Governor Newsom stands on this in his first year leading the state. He has not commented specifically on this bill or Hollister Ranch. But a spokesman for the State Natural Resources Agency said in a statement, broadly speaking, the Newsom administration is committed to coastal access for Californians. So reading between the lines, everyone feels like he's going to sign this bill. Absolutely, yeah. But Limon, the legislator, said the bill now on his desk does fulfill Governor Brown's request and includes significant input from the Coastal Commission, the State Coastal Conservancy, the State Lands Commission, California State Parks, as well as Natural Resources Agency and Newsom's Deputy Legislative Secretary in charge of environment issues. Owners of property in the ranch include Patagonia founder Yvonne Chouinard, musician Jackson Brown, and filmmaker James Cameron. More than 1,000 other people also own a share of the ranch, and many have worried what unfettered access could do to their years of work protecting the land. In an agreement signed earlier this year, the agency said they would work efficiently to expand and enhance meaningful, safe, environmental, sustainable, and operationally feasible public access to and along the coast at the ranch. And to start, officials dusted off that 1982 plan, establishing some baseline environmental studies and ideas that can be used today. That program includes a walking trail and bicycle lane that would run parallel to the ranch's main private road. To minimize the number of cars, a van would run from nearby Gaviota State Park to six Hollister beaches where there would be picnic areas and bathroom. In July, about 20 officials from all four agencies, as well as the County of Santa Barbara, met with the Hollister Ranch Owners Association and toured the shoreline. Yet another milestone in a standoff that in the past decades had blocked state agencies from even entering the ranch. They walked along the beaches, they viewed the picnic areas, restrooms, pathways, parking areas. 
that have been used by owners and guests for decades. The bill specifies that the ranch must continue to grant access to state officials as they work on this public plan. This bill goes to the specifics of what we need to achieve access to the for public whether Hollister Ranch is willing to give it to us or not, she said. If they are willing to give it, the bill is not going to do anything different than what they are saying they're willing to do. If they're not willing to give it, then we have at least some resources on the book that allow us to do what is fairest and the constitutional right of the public. So if they run into problems with homeowners, they have some legal and legislative recourse. This bill also rewrites a special section of the Coastal Act that has allowed ranch owners since 1980s to pay a $5,000 fee in lieu of providing access whenever they sought a building permit. So in, since the 1980s, when you went to build, you just paid $5,000 into like an escrow account. Enforcement of that special section has come under scrutiny in the last year with officials discovering that hundreds of thousands of more dollars could have been collected and that inflation had never been accounted for. The fees were supposed to be used to provide access, but they had been sitting in a bank all these years, and these funds are in limbo pending the outcome of this legislation. The new bill would now increase the fee from $5,000 to $33,000 adjusted annually for inflation. It also specifies that all past, present, and future fees received must be deposited in an account to be used only by state officials to provide public access at the Hollister Ranch. If Governor Newsom, and I quote, if Governor Newsom went to Hollister unannounced today as a citizen with his wife and children, they would not be allowed in. That's what makes this bill so incredibly important, not just for the governor, but for all of the public, said Susan Jordan of the California Coastal Protection Network. The people who have been blocked from access all these years deserve to finally get the chance to see the extraordinary coastline at Hollister Ranch. Thoughts? It's hard to take a side. I mean, I see both sides of the story. I know, um, so I've completely acquiesced like any dream of surfing that place. Like, no, it's not for me. It's just part of this mythic lore that I can enjoy thinking about, but I accepted that it's not for me. Um, but I completely take the other stance when it comes to beaches, let's say in Malibu or, um, other parts of the central coast or up North where it's like, they've been open and then somebody buys a property and tries to eliminate access if it's already been open, I always take the stance of like, heck no, you can't close that just because you bought a $20 million home. That doesn't give you a right to block literally millions of people's access. Um, but I find myself for some reason feeling the opposite way when it comes to the ranch specifically. And it may just be because the wave itself, like I know how magic that wave is, even though I haven't surfed it. And there's a part of me that wants to protect um, a resource and not let it get plundered. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure how I feel about it. Even as you were think, explaining all of that or reading all of that, I was like, I need to formulate a coherent thought to deliver when you're done. And I still don't have one. I feel m complete mixed emotions about it. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you're alone there. How do you feel? Far. Well, let me tell you how I feel. Please. Deep down in my gut, I truly believe that it's better to leave it as it is. And granted, let the selfish self-centered, entitled, quite frankly, asshole surfers and homeowners, and I'm sure there's some nice people too, 
have their beach and land access to their surf spots. I'm perfectly okay with never going there, never being allowed to go there. Because I can say with conviction that knowing that the land is and will remain relatively unspoiled, old school California, more or less the way it was when the Chumash roamed that land, that's fine with me. I like knowing that it exists, even though I'll never get to visit it. I smile. I smile when I think about it. I smile knowing that it is the way it is. I'll never go there, and that is fine with me. It doesn't make me, nor does it break me. And from the 30,000 feet level, I think, it's, I think it could be argued that those homeowners have been good stewards of that land. Yeah. And, but I do also see the other side of it. Like, why, is that, why are they special? Why do they get... And, and there's some, frankly, David, that are saying that the ideal environmental justice in this case is to allow no public access. The last thing this pristine area needs is more human engagement, trash, graffiti, noise, nuisance. Basically, too many people does a disservice to the environment. Frankly, there's plenty of common sense in this sentiment, even if it comes with a backhanded agenda by the Wealthy Homeowners Association. I, yeah, I, I agree. Leave it protected. It's not going to be, by the way. I believe that the legislation will get passed and it will. And hopefully they can do it um, responsibly where it's open to the public, but it's still protected. And if you litter, you get some, you know, thousand dollar fine or something like that. Um, So maybe we can have both things. But I agree with you in theory, like we've seen so much overdevelopment in California that, and certainly Southern California, but that it really feels gross at this point. Like with the benefit of hindsight, it feels like, eh, we've probably gone a little bit too far and um, overdeveloped pristine land that should be protected. Well, this land wouldn't be developed though. This, that's what you got to understand. You know what I mean though. The, I mean, they would develop pathways and parkways yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Think of it more like El Capitan State Park or something like that. Right. Some, let me go on and I'll just finish up with this. Some argue that they want to experience the California coastal beauty of the ranch and that it's unfair, never mind, never mind the fact that it's against the law, that they can't access the ranch beach and take in the beauty and splendor of Hollister Ranch. And others suggest that there are gorgeous California coastal state parks all over the place, including El Capitan and Refugio and North Atalama ample space to enjoy the California coastline and it's the same exact coastline minus the good waves minus a perfect point break so when push comes to shove this is really about the surf it's all about the surfers the beaches are no different than any other beaches in the area the sand is the same the cliffs are the same the seawater is the same the kelp is the same the surf is not the same it can be epic at the ranch and everyone knows it and this is the story of selfish surfer versus selfish surfer And that is why surfers are the worst. If there were no waves fronting this coastline, no one would really care about this stretch of coast. And homeowners would probably allow a small public area to access the beach and hardly anyone would use it because it would be a pain in the ass to get there. Yeah. In the end, most surfers are afraid. We live in fear. We live in a spirit of scarcity, not a spirit of abundance. Catching waves, more aptly not catching waves, is our burden. And it's immature, it's self-centered, it's no way to live a life. I've met some Hollister Ranch locals, guys who have surfed it their entire lives, and they are some of the most miserable human beings I've ever encountered. That's a whole different conversation. We've touched on that in the past, but it's worth revisiting. 
in Surfer Magazine, number one, John Severson cursed us with the concept of chasing the perfect wave. And ever since then, we've been searching in a self-centered, useless, scarcity-based sense of self-fulfillment. So the public, the various agencies, the various legal teams, both the Homeowners Association and a handful of public access lawyers wait for October 13th. Now, last November, the Coastal Commission had a public access forum for people. And Sam George, former editor of Surfer Magazine and a friend of mine, spoke at that Coastal Commission um, access meeting. And he said this, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but he, Sam basically said, in 1975, he boated into the ranch for the first time, and he surfed beautiful, splendid, gorgeous waves, basically by himself and with his friends. And he did the same thing three days ago. He had the exact same experience. And his point is that everyone has access to the ranch. That's what I was going to say. If you're Jim. suitably, yeah. his point is if you're suitably inspired, we yep. can go there tomorrow. And Sam went on to say that he's not a big fan of the homeowners and the landowners and the, and the sort of assholedness that occurs in the waves there. And he still despises the entitled aloofness of those people. But he has also come to realize that they have proven that they are the best stewards of that land. And frankly, despite the waves, there's really no reason to go there. The only reason people want to go to the ranch is to surf. And you can go to the surf of the ranch today if you're suitably inspired. You can get a boat or a kayak or walk in along the beach. And uh, those are basically Sam's thoughts paraphrased. The one crux of this, or the part that makes it a little bit, um, a little bit more contentious is that it's wealthy homeowners that own the properties there. You said it's virtually the same as when the Chumash Indians roamed the land. Well, it's definitely not. And if it were the Chumash Indians that owned that land, we would not be having this conversation. There's no chance it would get, this would come up for legislative kind of like, like the mean actual, it would be, a, it would be, it would be a, protected without any questions asked. It would be federally protected as Correct. a, as a, or would we have access? No, like Indian reservations right. and that sort of thing. Right, right. If they still had that level of protection yeah. for the Chumash Indians, totally agree. then there wouldn't be any conversation. So you're maybe suggesting why not bring in some Chumash people to be the stewards no. of the land? Well, that I mean, we're not going to do that now, but that would be a better scenario that would be less contentious. The reason why this is even a discussion is because it's wealthy people that came in and bought the land and are now trying to protect it. Yeah. And it's easy to pick a fight with a wealthy person. Basically it's there's, easy to vilify them is what I mean. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are resentful of people with wealth and that's wrong. You know, like, look, they got money. Just move on with your life. If you're going to spend your time worrying about them and, or wishing that you were them or wishing yeah. you had what they had, you're going to be miserable. There's a couple of other interesting parts to this story. And one is that because it's a, a, basically a cattle ranch. It is a cattle ranch still, and it's it's sort of zoned as agriculture. All of those million-dollar homes, they don't pay property taxes. Oh, really? They pay very minimal. They pay into, they when you buy into the land there as a property owner, you become, quote-unquote, a farmer. Yep. And you pay basically agricultural property taxes, which are a much lower tier. Mm. So every time you anyone who buys in there signs a thing that basically says I'm a farmer now. So you got like these trust funders from wherever that just buy in and all of a sudden they're yeah. farmers and they're, and so there's this big tax loophole that's kind of interesting. That's on the, it needs to be addressed on some level. 
right? Yep. That part of it's really fascinating. And then, of course, the other part of it is we're talking about the Hollister Ranch, right? And above that is the Bixby Ranch. And the Bixby Ranch never developed land for homes. It's and so that land is still private no matter what. Like you you don't okay. you don't turn on public access until you start developing the land for home ownership. And that's what they did in the 70s when they sold Hollister. They turned on the Coastal yeah. Act of 1976. Again, you even just saying it's trust funders who are, you know, doing this thing already paints it in a certain light and vilifies them. Yeah, it but does. put it this way. What if you worked 30, 40 years super hard podcasting yeah. your way from the bottom yeah. <laughs> to build a little bit of something and you get a little bit of revenue and then you start saving and you start, and then 30 years later, you're like, what do I want to do with my life's work, this money that I've earned? And that's what you go do. You're like, there's this pristine land and it comes with these set of rules where I feel like I'm protected. Or maybe I can go to Australia and buy land there. I can go somewhere else and buy, no, no, no. I'm going to do it here on my home turf. Then you kind of sympathize with that person. Well, you know? again, I'm I'm pretty. Both of us are pretty naive to this, you know. So people <clears throat> that listen to this might be going, "Oh, they're wrong." And you know what? You're right. I probably am wrong about well, some of this stuff. There's people on both sides saying that we're wrong or right. Even like some of the facts that I'm stating might be not facts. <laughs> I don't know, but but I've done a little bit of research on it, um, and what I've found out through talking to people, various different people, is that. It's not all that great. Like, let's say you buy in there. Like, let's say I come into money and I buy in. If, if the, the vibe I got was, Scott, if you think you're going to buy in and go down to the rights and lefts when it's four to six feet and just plop up into the lineup and catch a ton of waves, you're wrong. Because <laughs> there's guys that have been surfing there for 30, 40 years or whatever. And it is a very um, hierarchical uh, lineup. And it's not meritocracy based. In other words, at your local, it is. <laughs> Yeah. You, I mean, it, to being, a degree. being a guy, I guess your merit is that you've lived there for 30 years, not your actual ability in the water. <clears throat> so there's this, I've been told that there's this real kind of shroud and this real um, sort of like, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, but this real, like, it's not as free loving and as it's this real kind of controlling vibe, basically, that that's kind of a put off. And frankly, if you're given the choice of the ranch and you're only buying in there because of the waves and buying some beautiful place in Ojai, because you just let, you know, if it's about the land, then just go buy a cool place in Ojai or wherever, you know, like you don't, you know what I mean? So no, but those but, things actually are a draw to me. Like those things are appealing. I love that that still exists where it is kind of um, where you can't just buy your way in and then go sit at the peak and get priority waves, you know? Yeah. Because that's the way it is everywhere else. Yeah, I or agree. Everywhere it, else in life, I mean, not everywhere else in the ocean. It, yeah, it's, an, it's a very interesting, it's a very unique and <clears throat> I think sociologically fascinating a place if you could observe it as a participant observate, observatory, you know, observation study and, and sort of do like a little sociological survey on it and write a little paper on what actually goes down as far as the surf scene there and how it plays out and what you're allowed to do and the vibes that yeah. you catch. And, and I heard it's just not as cheery and happy and um, fun loving. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of time that are really have their, their fingers entrenched in it and, and their whole vibe revolves around it. And they're basically their lives revolve around it. And so it's, it's almost kind of sad. Yeah. Well, if you did that study, 
I bet you what you would find out is there's higher levels, higher incidence of happiness for the guy who owns a modest home in Encinitas and surfs Cardiff all the time and kind of has to fight for a parking spot and battle it out with crowds because there's community there, you know, and there is give and take. And it turns out that taking all the time and protecting all the time and it's exhausting. It is so exhausting and it actually undermines the fun. What, what you're searching it for. It undermines the entire point of what you're trying to do. Exactly. So again, I bet there would be higher incidence of joy and happiness. Which is why I brought up, I've, I've met guys that were yeah. locals there right. and they're super miserable, grumpy, unhappy people. So if you then- For the most part. <laughs> so the ideal scenario would be to live, let's say- in some nook or some island somewhere where you have that epic wave and it is kind of undiscovered and you get to surf it enough, you get to surf it by yourself enough so that when a tourist shows up, you're welcoming them in. You're like, oh, I'm so excited to see somebody else. Like wait for the waves that do this, mar line up with this marker point. Like that then you're getting, you're getting your fill and you're also enjoying the camaraderie. Yeah. That would be ideal. You know, um, I was in Yosemite oh, man, last week, and so that. this concept of, of, of can a governmental agency manage people in this area? You know, like, does the state of California have the chutzpah and the ability to effectively manage a certain amount of people entering into the ranch? Like, do, are they going to be good stewards, or are they going to put on a good face? And let's say there's a budget shortfall in 10 years, and all of a sudden there's you know, just, it turns into a hell. Like, it's just not as great as they had proposed it to be. There's maybe there is uh graffiti. Maybe there is people shitting in the canyons, you know, who knows? You know what I mean? Like there's, and that's the part of me that's like, you know what, let them have it in the big picture. There, I'm, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that the ranch exists as it does. And I'm okay with never being a part of it. And I don't really know that I want to have a part of it, you know? Yeah. Like, and oh, by the way, I've also heard, and again, I've never surfed there. I don't, I, I've, I have nothing to do with the place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but I've also heard that, that the waves aren't all that great. Like there's a couple of really world-class waves, right? But there's also a lot of crappy waves. And the, the one thing it has going for it is it's got the really good prevailing wind, like the offshore north wind. You know, which is, so it's always got that beautiful sort of California vibe, you know, eight, eight days out of 10, it's kind of got that groovy North breeze on it, which is an offshore wind there. And, um, but I, you know, I actually went surfing with a buddy of mine who's, who runs a, a, a travel website. Like he can go, he's been everywhere around the world, you know? And he, and he, he literally said, he goes, dude, don't even go. It's a, it's a waste of time. Mm. It's, it's not that good. Mm. It's overhyped. That's what. <laughs> that's what he has to say, dude. I know. That's what I would tell anybody. I mean, I'd say that about lowers to somebody if they said they wanted to go to lowers, you know, or Rincon. They're just like, ah, nah, it's not that good. And then as I'm driving there. Sam George and others have actually brought up lowers as an example of what happens when you open up a spot. Like the idea of, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was in the 80s that the Surfrider Foundation got together and goes, hey, we should build a parking lot at lowers so more people can park and go to trestles, like access San Mateo Creek, right? So that parking lot was built next to Carl's Jr. up there. There used to there used to just be limited parking on the street there. And Sam and others are suggesting that as soon as that happened, lowers went to hell, which I think is kind of a funny. I, I think that's a misnomer. That's just a wrong characterization. Like lowers no. is always packed. Like lowers uh, is going to get surfed. 
That's true, but it's it's because it's, I don't know, maybe just because it's a user-friendly wave. Think of somewhere like Blacks. Like Blacks sorts itself out. There's a little bit of a hike, so that limits a certain crowd. And then when it's good, you have to know what you're doing. And if you know what you're doing, you can get waves. It still gets packed. Even There's a bunch of guys that know what they're doing there. Like that is an expert-only wave when it's legit, and there's a bunch of experts out there that yeah. are on it. Yeah. It's hard to get waves of Blacks when it's good, mm. I think. It, to me, Blacks is about the off days. It's like, you know what I mean? Getting that little special Wednesday morning when it's kind of off swell. Maybe it's three to five feet, but the canyon's picking up some eight foot. You know, like. That's how it is everywhere. Those exactly. Are no, you're right. Yeah, uh, how right. was Yosemite? Yosemite was awesome. How long were you there? I was there for two days. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, man. I flew into our favorite airport, Fresno, Lemoore, right? Yeah. Took a rent a car up to Yosemite. Spent two nights there. It was Where, insane. I saw guys on El Cap, like a bunch of climbers. So freaky. So gnarly. Little ants. So fascinating. Just sitting in that meadow, looking it's up crazy. at them for hours. You can just sit there and chill out on those guys. Where'd you stay? I stayed- In, in the park? Yeah. In the, like Curry Village or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Curry Village, those like yurts, basically. Yeah. Yurt. Yeah. A wooden canvas tent. It's like an elevated platform with a canvas tent on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I stayed last time I was there. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's- a little bit farther drive for you if you were to drive it, but it's five hours from my doorstep, which is shockingly close. Like you don't realize how close it is. You could just make a weekend out of it. Yeah. You know? But it, and it's majestic and you can never get tired of it. It's if you awesome. went once a year for a week, it wouldn't be enough. You kind of need to go once a year is yeah. what I've determined. That's, that's why I love the two day thing. You can go up for two days and get a pretty good hike in and check some stuff out and get back out and not feel like your week schedule got completely shattered. Yeah. That's the magic of Southern California is you can have a lot of those things like the desert, the mountains, national parks, Mexico too. You know, Where's another all. like, cause I'm all about the two day midweek hit and split thing that you're talking about. So give me so, another one of those. I mean, if you're flying. Yeah, you can fly, you can do anything. But Zion. the idea, I was going to say, that's the one I was going to tell you. Zion is my Fly favorite. to Vegas, rent a car. You're in Zion in two hours. Yeah. That's a, such a good call. Zion By is- By the way, this time of year, Zion's insane. I've gone for my birthday, early October, for three years in a row, the last oh, really? few years. And it is among my favorite places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That hike, the Narrows. Have yeah. you done that hike? No. It's in the river. I need to do that. Oh my gosh, dude. That's insane. Or just it's the There's um, sheer rock walls that are 1,500 feet and at some point so narrow that you can actually touch either wall- so reach out your left arm, reach out your right arm and touch the walls. You look up and it's 1500 feet and you're in a river up to your knees or your waist in water and giant boulders that you're trudging over. And you get to little spots where it's just boulders in front of you and you and waterfall coming down and you have to scale the boulders to get up to the next level. It's just unreal. And yeah. like every, the light shifts all the time and it's all looks majestic no matter which angle you're looking, but it constantly is shifting and changing. And it's like, I think it's about a 12 hour hike from, Wow. The bottom of the river to the top or vice versa. That's pretty big. I don't think it, I got it's that a, in me. No, it's a commitment. And you have to have accommodations set up on the other end, basically, or a ride back. But what I've Is done- Is there a one and a half hour hike? You, well, the, <laughs> if you want to do that, you go in as far as you want and just come straight back. And so I'll usually do like a four hour in, four hour out. Wow. That's um, a pretty massive hike. It's a full day. Yeah, I just do the full day. Like wow. getting there at 9 a.m. whenever the buses start running and you know the sun's out. And then just- bring backpack full of food and um, 
charge it. And then by the time you get back at dark, you're just pure elation. Like you feel better than you've ever felt because you've seen so much majesty and you're just exhausted Yeah. and you just go eat like the best meal of your life, no matter what it is. Right. That's the best day. Like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It could, it could be. the jelly. It could be. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> a PB and J minus the J. Yeah. A PB. Peebs. Um, there was a couple of things I wanted to catch up with you about. Well, there's that, the ranch. The surf ranch? Yeah, that thing's coming up. Well, let's do that too. But okay. you um, shaped a surfboard. I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm My guy that's helping me is in Scotland. So I don't, did we talk about this on air? Yeah, we did. A little oh, bit. we did. Yeah. What are you shaping? I'm anticipating a fish. Okay. <laughs> you should have a plan before you cut into the blank. No, I haven't cut into I'm, it. Yet. It's, it's kind of taking the shape of a fish. <laughs> no. And I don't mean the surfboard design. I mean like an actual tuna. <laughs> it's got some belly fat that I wasn't planning on. To say that I'm in the preliminary stages would, would be an overstatement. <laughs> How many days are you planning to take on this thing? You should be able to bang that out. Is your board ready yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is my board done? Exactly. No. But I have ordered a fish blank. Let me put it to you that way. So you haven't even started <laughs> shit. I saw a photo of you in the bay. Yeah, that's marketing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're not even selling anything. <laughs> I'm just... You're I'm, just marketing I'm excited about doing it. You know what this I mean? This is so funny. The to picture me. was to get me to actually have to do it. Like you're that holding me so accountable right now, which funny. is why I wanted to take the picture. Cause I'm like, if I take a picture, I got to do it. No wonder you dodged me last time I asked you about this. I feel like I did ask you and then like, we didn't have the conversation. Yeah, this just, is why we moved along. This is hilarious <laughs> to me. Who's going to help you shape it? Uh, I don't know if he wants to be. Okay. Mentioned. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, what are you writing right now? Wow. The last board I rode was an 11 foot Andrini glider. I'm familiar. And then um, I've been, I brought out an older board that I love, which is a John Bellick shaped quad with XTR foam. And it's probably 10 years old. Is it the one you had a replica made of? I, yeah. I've had two replicas made so of So that's it. the oldest, the original. That's the original. Yeah, I rode the original. Okay. And the thing about that XTR foam is it never dies. Like That's that really foam just go. Uh, that I brought that board. I think you and I talked about this, but when I brought that board back to Javier in Oceanside, the guy who runs XTR, and I'm like, hey, I want to get this thing replicated. He's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, just because. And he's like, dude, the board's still got tons of life in it, like the foam and everything, you know, and it had open dings, but that foam doesn't take in water. Hmm. And it had some dents and stuff, but as far as the flex, like like dampening and losing, you know how like poly eventually it just like loses its its mojo, like it dampens out and the flex patterns out of it. The XTR is just static. But when it's brand new, is it too static? I don't know. I think I'll tell you this: I've had two, maybe three XTRs, and I love them all. Like in. I've often said to myself internally, I should just only get XTRs. Like I've never had a, I've only had three, but they've all been real lively. And, you know, I've never had a long, like a seven, eight or anything or a long board in that foam, which might be too stiff maybe, but. That's the other thing that I'm kind of coming to the realization of is there's a correct, or there's an ideal construction for each different design, you know? Absolutely. And that bothers me a lot because now it becomes so much more complex. Well, and it's also, 
your own specific thing. Cause I know guys that ride 11 foot gliders and EPS and I cringe. I go, You're, that thing must just be going, you know, like, right. Yeah. Like smack in the Chatter. water. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't have that, you know, that, yeah. That dampening thing that I'm talking about, but they love it. And so my point is you, you might, not like that, but somebody else does. So there's I know, no, I know that's, that's the, the beauty problem. of surfboards. No, it, that's it, the beauty. It that's is not the, the problem. It's that's a blessing the, and the curse, dude. It is. Like there's so much when it comes to design elements, first of all, I mean, forget design elements. Let's just go fins. Okay. So now I have a hundred options for my high performance shortboard to choose from. Okay. Well then what about concaves? What about rocker? What about, so there's all this complexity and then it comes to construction. Well, what kind of foam do you want it in? What kind of lamination do you want it in? Like, and then that's different than the fish. And well, then the fish is different than the mid length. And then the, it's like, dude, after 40 years, I have no idea. It's so dumb. I do know this though. I've Pat Ross and never lets me down. That, so that's what you learn is like develop a relationship with a shaper, communicate as best as you can. And then they get you on something that absolutely works and is fun. And you can let yourself creatively think of all these other things. But the reality is you're still having fun on that board. When was the last time you changed fins in your favorite board um, or in a board that didn't seem to work too good? Like, okay, that's a good question. Um, I've done it fairly frequently for the last few months. Maybe, so last time, three weeks ago, let's oh, say. Really? You ago. went, oh, I'm going to try these fins instead of these fins. Yes, absolutely. And did you notice a difference? Did you have a baseline from which to sort of give this new fin context? Yeah. The best experience I had was, um, I got a CI rocket wide in poly and I was running regular thrusters on it and I liked the board and I really got to understand it and it was working for me. And then I went to Australia and one of the guys there loaned me the same exact specs rocket wide from CI, same specs, but in spine tech. And he gave it to me with two big uh, side fins and one small trailer. And the thing was so lively and it was loose. And it was like, I just kind of, it had all this spine spine tech poly. No spine tech EPS. So that is a difference firstly. And then the fins are a secondary difference. So the spine tech, it was super lively and I was surfing it in kind of smaller mushy waves, but it was just like zippy. And I'd go like hit the lip like I normally would. And the tail, the fins would kind of kick out and the tail would slide. So that was reflective of the fins. I noticed those differences. So I was like, I explained all that to him and he goes here, take the fins. And he gave me the fins to take home and ride in my poly version of the same exact board. And I put them in. And it didn't have all the liveliness that I enjoyed out of the other one. Um, but it had the same looseness that the other one had. So I get all the same drive, but then I go, like I said, to kick bank up against the whitewash and the board slides, but it's a controlled slide, you know, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's not wily or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh man, I prefer this fin setup. This fin setup makes a lot more sense to me. Um, and I'm, well, but, my point in asking that question yeah. was, that you're, I think you're an anomaly. I don't think very many people change out their fins. Don't, you know what I mean? Like but they, they don't. Even they would notice the difference between the thruster setup in that board and the two big For side sure. fins and the small back. For fin. sure. I'm just saying people just don't, don't. do that. Yeah. Because you were going on about, look at all these options are just endless. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then we don't even do the most simple basic one, which is, hey, I'm just going to change Swap the, the size of my fins. It really does expand your quiver having a couple sets of fins. Yeah. The boards feel totally different. Absolutely. I want to back up and say that um, as much as I loved the spine tech, once I got back on the poly and wrote it in different types of waves, turns out poly's equally val- has equal um, 
uh, assets or value. Like when the waves are a little bit bigger and they weren't small punchy beach break, it was like a little more kind of open face. The poly felt like the right solution, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there's applicability for every different thing. It's really. I've also going back to what have I been riding? I just realized that I've been, I rode um, a Maurice call. Maurice call made me one of those reverse V actually he didn't even make it for me. I just grabbed it from him. Yeah. It was just a stock board. Yep. A six, four. Yep. Uh, and some fun little punchy beach break. Yep. And I love that board. Dude, me too. I, I love it. I rode mine, that short board. I got the reverse fee groveler. High, yeah. Um, thruster setup. Yeah. And I rode that when there was actually swell like yeah. a week or two, two weeks ago. It was freaking so fun, dude. I did some of the best surfing I've done a long time on that board. Yeah. I've done some turns where I'm like, okay, cool. I still got it. Yeah. That's like, how I you know what I mean? Like, totally. oh, hope somebody got a picture of that. Yeah. How about this? Do you ever do this? What time is it? So I can go in and check the surf line rewind cam. I've never done it. Uh, I do that all the time. I know. And you he sent me videos. Anytime somebody asks me what time it is, I'm like, why are you going to go? <laughs> Surfers are the worst. Dude, they've got, they've been marketing <laughs> that new thing. They've got where I know you wear the eye, the eye, what's the watch called? Is it the, iWatch? I don't know, but it's this the iPhone watch. Whatever yeah. It is. is that what it is? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm interviewing the Ross Garrett tomorrow. Oh, okay. The CEO or the vice president of something. Anyway, he's a cultural influencer, so we're interviewing him tomorrow for the boardroom podcast. But I'm going to ask him about that. Yeah, so it tracks you. It uh, connect you connect your email address or whatever, and it gets your clips while you're surfing, and then emails them to you. So you get back to your car and the clips on your phone. It's pretty fascinating on a bunch of deeper levels, right? Oh, oh dude, they're only using it to data mine. Absolutely, they're giving you this gift. Hey, you want to? They're playing on your vanity. Totally. Hey, you want to watch yourself surf? Now we have all, now we're tracking all of your information everywhere you go. But here's the thing. I don't even, is playing on your vanity the right way to do it? Like yep. <laughs> it's proven to be. No, but no, I mean, I mean, it makes great sense, but I mean, I would suggest to you that if they just, if they just put it out there, like they didn't even market it, that people would do it. People want to, since day one, we've wanted to see pictures of us surfing. Yeah. That's the vanity part. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to market it, but that's what they're selling. They're giving you a gift in return for your information yeah. is the point. That's the part that's a little like sort of dystopian, freaky, kind of Orwellian. Oh my God. Oh, we're there, dude. I know that. We're oh. deep there. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I, I honestly am happy with the exchange. Like when I think about like, okay. Are you in the, I haven't, I'm never going to do anything wrong and I have nothing to hide. So no, go ahead. Not at all. No, I, I do things wrong and I have things that I want to conceal from every all these listeners manscaping. No, that I'm fine with. <laughs> um, but knowing that I can get Google maps, like Google map functioning is unbelievable I know. and that I don't pay anything for it. The fact that that's free is insane to me. Yeah. Like I would pay a premium for it, but well, I realize you you're paying exactly, a premium. It's not for free, right? Shouldn't they pay us? Well, it turns that's out we might, the, we might paradigm. come to that conclusion down the road where we're like, Oh shoot, my data was worth more than free maps and free email. I think that that, I think somebody needs, I'm sure they're developing that. I've heard that there's some sort of new social media platform that, to take on Facebook where it's basically, we'll pay you for your content, yeah. you know, instead of the other way around. Well, good luck to them. I, yeah. I mean, we're kind of, we're too far down the hole at this point. Um, I honestly, 
I kind of like my experience of being a consumer now. Like the fact that they curate ads to me and when I pull up my phone and maybe it's a pair of New Balance shoes and I'm like, oh, turns out I actually need new shoes and these are the exact style I want and they're my size. They knew my shoe was going to run out, you know, after two years, I was going to need a new pair and they know it's the two year mark and that's why it's here or new soap or toilet paper from Amazon or whatever it is. It's like, that is an amazing world that we're living in. My life is so streamlined and efficient. And I know it's strictly a reflection of them scraping all of my data from all my emails that I'm sending and text messages and all that sort of stuff, but I'm kind of okay with it. Let me ask you this. When you go to Zion, can you leave your phone behind and, and leave your digital footprint? I, is it, that part of our experience now? Should that be a part of our experience? Um, so it, it you lose reception when you go there. So you don't have access to the rest of the world, but I like having it to take photos. Yeah. So for that reason, I, I just mean more like the GPS part of it. Oh, like, no, it's tracking you. Yeah. Even when you're not getting signal, it's tracking you. I mean, I'm thinking like when I actually book the thing, like I'm going to call a travel agent. <laughs> Do they still have travel agents? I don't call know. a travel agent instead of doing it all online and just going, hey. Yeah. But even then, I guess they know where you're going. Yeah. The one thing, so Facebook introduced Facebook dating. Like it's a, it's <laughs> Do a, you say that like you've been using it? I, no, that's my point is I'm not going to use it. It's, it's a dating app. Yeah. But it's through Facebook. And it's kind of, that's the one bastion that I want to, remain anonymous. Like I want to be able to like, even if you're using other dating apps like Bumble or whatever it is, they're not in the business of data mining. How do you know? Well, you're paying, well, they're just, they, they've said they're not. Well, like look at <laughs> companies like Google have a, tr or not Google, uh, Apple have a track record of not selling your data, Yeah, you know? And so maybe Bumble will, I don't know. I just picked that example out of the air, but my point is data is proven to be in the business of using all that information. And it's kind of like, you know what? No, this is the one area where I would prefer a little bit of anonymity. I don't want you to know um, what my sexual preferences are basically. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like that, yeah. that feels like, eh, I'll keep that to myself. Yeah. You know? So I do have some modesty yeah. you've, you've drawn a line <laughs> i am drawing a line, line in one i don't want to give them all the information of like this is the age group this is the ethnicity this is the you know frequency this is the whatever like they don't need any of that when manscaping i start on the left side i've already told them my manscaping rituals damn it <laughs> um so moving on but i don't know did i mention to you um that i recorded a podcast with dick metz I think I might've seen it. And I wanted to also touch, talk to me about Dick Metz, but I wanted to talk to touch on your grit podcast, this thing with the ranch and the WSL and maybe they're not doing the event. That, that was interesting. Oh, yeah. I did, Cause I didn't listen to it. I just saw it on beach. Grit. Okay. So we'll get into that, yeah. but I'll just quickly Dick Metz. Dick uh, Metz founder, is the greatest founder of the surfing heritage and culture center where we're sitting right Along now. Along with Spencer Crowell. Okay. So I, um, New Dick, Dick's name. I've kind of known that he was affiliated with Hobie retail like that, but I didn't really know him mm -hmm. and I never took the time to really dig in and figure it out. But through the, our relationship here, a number of people are like, yeah, you should really interview Dick. He's got a lot to say, dude, it is gold. Oh, for sure. We banged out a two hour episode. Didn't even get to the beginning of his story of travels because his travel stories are insane. He inspired the endless summer. He like literally him. he traveled the world and he goes, Hey Bruce, I found back. this killer wave. Yeah. And Bruce is like, where'd you go? And Bruce, he told, and so Bruce's Bruce endless, Brown, we speak of the yeah. endless summer one was based on Dick Metz's travels. Right. So 
we didn't even get to that point in his stories. We just got up to that point and it was two hours deep. And I was like, dude, uh, I want to respect your time. And I got things to do. Like, can we do part two later and maybe part three? And so he lives in Idaho and he's, um, or spends a lot of time in Idaho. And then he's going to be back here in the next few weeks. And we're going to sit down and get part two. And I'm going to publish him, I think probably in December, but it was legendary. I feel like a lot of listeners probably don't know his name and yeah. they all might see that pop up in their feed and they'll go, oh, maybe I'll listen to this. I don't know who this guy is. No, no, no. It's legendary. Yeah. It's cold. He is. He's a great guy. And you know what he calls Idaho? No. It's the North shore of motorcycle riding. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is he still riding? He's oh, yeah. he's 90. Oh, dude, the guy's gnarly. He still rides motorcycles in Idaho. He's sharp, dude. He's, Super he's sharp. recalling el- details from his childhood as if it was yesterday. Yeah. He was friends, good friends with Shirley Temple when she was a kid because he lived in Laguna in the 30s. Again, imagine Laguna in the 30s, first of all. Right? Exactly. And um, Bing Crosby and I forget who else developed the Del Mar um, racetrack. Racetrack. Yeah. And so they would be coming down to like, they wanted to bet on horses. So they developed that. And it was like a weekend getaway for all of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And there was no freeway. So they had to take PCH and Laguna's kind of halfway down. And a lot of the set designers and artistic people who would come along for the ride, but really didn't care about horse racing. They're just like, oh, we'll just stay in Laguna for the weekend. This is beautiful. You guys go do the horse racing and come back. And a lot of those people, I mean, that's where the gay kind of, arts community from Laguna comes from is it was all these Hollywood costume designers and set designers and all that. And they would leave the kids there for the weekend. So Shirley Temple was one of the kids that would stay there for the weekend. And Dick's parents, his dad owned a restaurant on the sand, which everybody kind of gravitated towards. And that was the hub. So Dick is the same age as Shirley Temple, just hanging out, making sandcastles while his dad's at work all day. And that's where Shirley Temple would hang out all day. So they were besties for years, for like a decade through their childhood. Every summer they'd spend together. That's so cool. I know. That's just the tip. I'm going to listen to that. I love I'll, Dick Metz. He's a great guy. I'll send it to you when it comes, when it, when I publish. He's got some great stories. Yeah. I've had some, I'll tell you a funny thing. Um, I was doing an auction about five or eight years ago. And I was loading up the truck with all the stuff you got to do, like chairs and tables and just event stuff. And Dick Metz is right there with me, hauling, lifting, moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he rolls up his sleeves. He's he's a hardworking guy. Like, he gets, and he's, like you say, he's like 87 years he's old. 90. Or, yeah. I, I mean, he might have said 92, but I think maybe 90. Yeah. Pretty cool. Crazy. Um, By the way, so- did you see... You told me about Echo in the Canyon, the documentary. Did you no, see I've, that yet? I've been meaning to watch it. I didn't. I don't think I told you about it. Somebody, Somebody else, else told else me. Did. So I had the I had this great experience the other night. This friend of mine invited me to his place in La Jolla to play music, and he's like, "Bring your guitar, bring your amp," and we just kind of sit around. It's a very casual thing. So I'm like, "Cool." I've never done this before. I'm a total like guitar kook, right? I'm like the newbie guy, like that noodles around, but I don't know what I'm doing. And so I show up. And there's like four guitar players, a fiddler, um, a, a harmonica player, singers. And it was just the most unreal jam session I've ever, and it's the only one, <laughs> but it was, but these guys were really talented, you know? And so they were just singing songs and playing music. And it was just, it was kind of, and she, this one lady mentioned that movie that I should watch that movie, but it was just this real sort of like, artsy groovy kind of old california right on the beach in la jolla mm. it was just bitching that's awesome yeah the um it was in theaters i wanted to see it in the theater and i didn't but now it's available on digital so you could buy it yeah and rent it 
All right, so let's go. Surf Ranch is coming up in two days from now. The Surf Ranch Lemoore. The Freshwater Pro. Different than the Hollister Ranch. Correct. Right. Correct. The Freshwater Freshwater Pro. Pro. Lots of stuff going on with that. Um, so I see that you heard a rumor or Chaz, Chaz heard a rumor that the WSL is pulling out of the ranch. How valid is this rumor? Is this true? Did they shoot it down? It's is un- the silence deafening? It's unsubstantiated, and the WSL did not shut it down. They basically said, we can't validate. We can neither confirm nor deny. Right. Um, but Chaz definitely will go to print without vetting. Yeah. Or, or no, not without vetting. Without like... Um, fully verifying getting two or three legit sources but that that one in particular did have three and so i think he published it with one like some with a very credible somebody on the inside gave him that information and then <laughs> two or three two or three other insiders confirmed it once the article three went people live. in santa monica feeding him info i dude that's funny we do i mean i get dms from guys yeah. I, I can't even say anything but they're yeah. At every level from yeah. like kind of important people to like the lowly people going, Hey dude, fan of this or fan of that or whatever. Yeah, 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 so yeah. yes. Um, it's a small world. It it's is. a super small incestuous world. Yeah. And, um, so I, it seems that those rumors are true and it makes a lot of sense. Like, look, we've only, dude, we've only got, we've only given them flack for the event. Like we've all kind of figured out at this point what the limitations are or what the strengths are for that pool as well. Like, hey, it's a fun novelty. It's great to surf. It's a blast to surf. Boring is crap to watch. I honestly don't need to watch another wave there. I don't care what kind of board the person's on. I don't need to watch another wave there, whether it's in a contest or on Instagram. I'm over it completely. Every time it pops up in my feed, I can't scroll past it quick enough. And so even when what you- What about if it were, there was an air event, an aerial event there? That's a crappy air wave. No, that's less interesting to me. Okay. So you and I were there in person. I remember last year watching the event. I remember last year after, I don't know, three hours, I stopped watching. A wave would start and I'd look down and keep typing until I knew the barrel section was coming. (laughs) So it's like Chloe and Dino up and riding. It's like, all right, well, I got 20 seconds that I don't have to watch. So 20 seconds go by. Then I look up knowing where the barrel is, watch them. I'm like, oh, that was a... exactly like every other barrel I've seen. I don't know. Maybe it was a fraction of the second more or less. And then he comes out and it's like, Oh, he did or didn't do an air. All right. Now I'm back to my computer. Like, yeah. and he's not done writing. Yeah. Can you imagine ever doing that during the pipe event or during the Chopo event? No. Where you're at home and you hear them call a wave like, Oh, so-and-so up and writing. And you go, I'm going to look away. Mm. No, you look at the screen, you know, and that says all that we need to know about this event. It's boring to watch. And then you run into the other issues of like. Big guy versus little guy. No. Well, no, not that you run into other issues of this is a completely differently structured format than all other events on tour. It's a different judging criteria. It's a different score, like uh, a different format in terms of the bracketing. Are these some of the reasons why the rumors you're hearing are what you're hearing? Yeah, because you and I as viewers have identified this as well as all the other viewers we're not interested in watching. And then the surfers themselves aren't interested in the event. They're over it. They don't want to do it. If you go to this event, how, I guess, let me ask you this. What percentage of people are going to the surf ranch because Jack White and the Rock Tours are playing? And what percentage are going because they want to watch the surfing? And what percentage are going for both? So that's a great question. And um, it would be 
really problematic if they were going to watch the Rackin tours and they're there not for the surfing. I would love to see the Rackin tours. I know, by the way, if that's I'm what the, you're selling, if you're the WSL and you're well, shifting your the, focus to selling a concert just to get people to show up to watch the surf I'm not event, saying they're doing that. Then I'm you've just saying completely as an, lost the plot. I'm saying as an end user, I know I'm that's a way more interested in seeing the rack on tours and, but I'm stoked. I'm also stoked. I'm not, um, pushing aside or, um, taking away from the fact that there's going to be some great surfing going on. But I'm definitely going to see. I'm stoked on Jack White, and that's they're they're exciting me. They excite me way more than what I could watch. I just watched a killer little feed of Connor Coffin ripping the crap out of it during practice. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get better than that. That was a pretty right. killer clip. Right. I so, think I think that's hugely problematic. Problematic yeah. is if the music becomes the highlight of the weekend. They're selling an experience, right? Yeah, but if surfing isn't the primary part of the experience, then you're in the wrong business. Then might as well just get into the music business, right? Or the concerts well, may, business. See, maybe that the maybe that's what the events business is now. It's like it's just a bunch of it's not necessarily one or the other. You know, it's like this package of I'm gonna go hang out with beautiful people and eat great food and watch incredible surfers and hang out with healthy surfers and see the rack on tours. Like that's what I'm doing. Name one other example where that is the business model it could be argued that the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, that's the business model mm. that the surfing, they're going to put on a village and they want to, they Oh, want just for surfing specifically. Yeah. 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 No, but the, the Olympics is all about the competition. hundred percent. It's all about the competition. Okay. Coachella is all about the music and there happens to be food in this festival thing, but it's all about the music, right. you know? Um, UFC is all about the fight that takes place in the ring. So there's one primary draw and then there's some sort of ancillary things that yeah. float around below it. Completely. Yeah. So surfing needs to be the focus for sure. Mm. But if, and if the viewer, like if you were going to Coachella for the food, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> First of all, you have terrible taste in food. <laughs> Where should I go for the food? Just down the street. Yeah. Right. Um, there's plenty of dining in, uh, Palm Springs. So look, this email just came through while we were sitting here um, that gives us the judging criteria for the wave pool. I didn't get a chance to scan it yet, but it might have some interesting stuff if you want to bear with me while I read it. Yeah. The waves will not be judged by the number of turns that are done, but more by the variety of major maneuvers that are combined together with other major maneuvers or barrels. That makes sense. Yeah. So major two maneuvers. big turns would be better than eight check turns, you know, no big deal. Uh, the most difficult maneuvers are the ones performed in the most critical parts of the wave. The critical parts of the wave are considered the steepest part of the wave and closest to the lip and the pocket of the wave. Creative approaches for each of the sections of the wave will be noted. Surfers are not required to follow a predetermined routine of barrel and turn combinations. It is not necessary to ride the barrel to maximize the surfer's scoring potential. Um, judging the barrel. The surfer does not need to get barreled to achieve their maximum score, but the barrel sections do need to be utilized for other major scoring maneuvers to maximize their scoring potential of the wave. It's saying that if you can do a sick air on the barrel section instead of get barreled, then that would be worth points. Uh, with the change of the right from C T2 to CT3 this year. The first barrel section is shorter, but will still offer the opportunity for a deep barrel ride. So they're changing 
the type of wave that is now breaking. There's a short barrel section at the beginning. Um, points of difference that can contribute to achieving excellent and high scores within variety within combinations or major maneuvers and barrels, airs and progressive or high risk maneuvers performed on the first critical section of the wave will be considered one of the highest scoring opportunities as these maneuvers risk the whole wave. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. These are all things that we just talked about in yeah. the last year when we were watching the event that they're proving. They're listening the to us. Too. Exactly. Rights will be compared to rights. Lefts will be compared to lefts. Judges will score each on their availability of scoring opportunity because waves are slightly different. Completion of waves. Riding the entire wave will maximize the surfer scoring potential as there is more opportunities to execute major maneuvers. Duh. Um, incomplete waves will be more difficult to reach a higher excellence score. Yeah, that's obvious. Okay. Some of that is kind of helpful. Yeah. But they're going for big, big maneuvers is what they're rewarding basically. Good. Yeah. We don't want to see three to the beach there. Definitely. Not. Hey, by the way, um, last episode, uh, you were lucky enough to get to don all of the boardroom show podcast gear. Oh man, it was such a highlight. And some one of our listeners posted this really great so, sort of contrast so between good. P Diddy and you, who wore it better in all white, yeah, right? Yeah. And P Diddy got a hundred percent. No way. I know that doesn't surprise us. Well, it's not. This to do all with took me. place on the Spit Podcast Instagram, by the way. No, it didn't actually. It oh, took it place with the guy that sent it to us, which was uh, Murdoch Swords. Yeah, so yeah. our buddy Scott yes. at Murdoch Surfboards, um, who gifted us. God, you're, you're on top. <laughs> no, he's great, dude. I mean, he we met great. him at the boardroom show. He gave you oolong tea. Remember, he's he gave, no. He I couldn't love find you, so he gave it to your wife. And no, she gave it to you. Tall guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah Scott. And for any listeners. Who want to follow his Instagram account, Murdoch Swords. Hey, does um, Ashton Goggins still work at Stab? Yes. Oh, okay. Seemed like he was moving away from that or something. Well, he's hosting that Red Bull series, oh, No okay. Contest. Mm -hmm. So I think that is occupying the vast majority of his time, but that is in partnership with Stab, which I've said it before and I'll say it again, is my favorite ongoing series this year. They're smashing it with that thing. It's 20 minutes long and I enjoy every minute of it. After each I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, I'll... I'll I'll actually post it on spit podcast so everybody can find it. But after each CT event, they give you a recap. It's a behind the scenes of, they call it no contest. Cause it's not really focused on the contest. It's focused on the behind the scenes of what yeah. happens at the contest. And it gives you a lot of cultural context. Yeah. So they'll tell you about the surf spot and like, uh, but then they'll also tell you like, these are the local restaurants. These are the local foods. Here's what a cup of coffee costs in West Oz versus Tahiti versus Lemoore, you know? Um, and they'll interview a lot of the surfers and they'll do a lot of the kind of activities with the surfers, making Poisson crew with Sebastian Zietz, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really well done. Um, back to Surf Ranch, Crosby Colapinto is a wild card. Griffin Colapinto's little brother. Oh. How's that? That's random. It'll be interesting. How did that happen? Uh, manufacturing a storyline, maybe. Cool. <laughs> Good. <laughs> They're on to something. And we've been asking them to do that for a long time. Well, they invited Dane and Dane declined. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird move. No, Dane knows he's going to get last place. Still, it's an opportunity. I mean, no news, you know, like bad news is good news. Or is what? it? I don't any, think any it news is. is good news. I mean, I, what do you expect? What do you expect from Dane? I expect last him, place. 
Yeah. Okay, so exactly. show up and go get last place, but at least you're showing up. No one's expecting anything from Dane. Well, when the when they first announced the wave pool thing, I think he was kind of against it. Like he was uh, publicly yeah. like anti wave pool, so yeah. it'd be kind of hypocritical for him to then show up and compete uh-huh. in two wave pool events in one year. Um, but the other thing is, he's just not at the level of those guys anymore. Well, there's know? no doubt, but that's my point. Like, dude, you better just grab onto the last yeah waning moments of your career. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going out with dignity instead. Okay. Well, good for him. You know, do nothing the, wrong with that. Yeah. Well, a certain amount of dignity. Does he have a 2.0? Does he? Let's see. How Great many point average? How many, no, how many stages of Dane have we gone through already? Can you name them? Um, the first was like 1998, right? Like super hot. Young red guns. Hot, young. Wasn't young. he an NSSA winner? Didn't he win the, the NSSAs? Or something? Maybe a contest at lowers, but not mm. anything important. I think it was like the, the, um, Next generation young guns tri- is, young guns. is 1.0, right? Is young that Dane guns, 1.0? 1.0 young where he like gets invited with all these A-listers and he's, he's on out, Martin Daly's boat and he out airs them all. Like does this one giant straight air that everybody was like, are you kidding me? Okay. What's 2.0? 2.0 is Marine layer, like lo-fi Dane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like grungy black and white video clips and, and crappy Ventura, but just mind blowing surfing. Exactly. By, by, where, but who's the guy his, that did it? Mini, Mini, Mini Blanchard, where it was clearly Dane coming into his own and like finding his own style. And where you and, and I were on our seats going, when's the next one drop? When's but, the next edit going to drop? Totally. Yeah. And, but Quicksilver also agreeing to that, like Quicksilver going, oh shoot, we're not going to force our marketing um, ideas on you. In fact, you didn't even have to put a sticker on your board. Draw it with a marker. You're the only guy that we're going to allow to do that, but mm-hmm. go ahead and Dane be Dane. Like they embraced Dane. Is the Dane. drawing of the logo 2.2? <laughs> no, that was 2.0. That okay, was all what's, part of what's 2.0. What's 3.0? Uh, what's Dane Reynolds 3.0? Dane 3.0 was ditching Quicksilver and forming found, uh, former. Right. And and that wasn't there a movie involved with that where he was kind of like yeah. explaining? Chapter it? 11. Yeah, chapter 11. Yeah. Because his first film was chapter one. Right. So then chapter, I mean, this, the Quicksilver film was chapter one and then Quicksilver, you know, went through some financial difficulties, eliminated a lot of their chapter team. And so Dane did a chapter 11 video explaining his animosity or his uh, grievances with the company that previously gave him millions of dollars. Okay, and so then that's, broke his contract. Is, are we still in 3.0 or is there 4.0? So I think 3.0 was like he hit former with a bit of, his foot was on the gas, you know, like that was, there was still some momentum and, you felt the like 4. he 0. and Craig Anderson were rolling around to us open together and some shit was going down. It kind of felt like there was some energy around them. They were dropping a movie maybe. Yeah. It was short lived though. 3.0 kind of got shifted into reverse almost and just backed into 4.0 where we find ourselves floundering now. We're like, where is he? When's he going to go surfing again? You know? <laughs> but 4.0 let's, or, or I'll paint this a different way. 4.0 is family life. That's, which is that's great which is a much yeah i think probably more accurate way to put it is like here's the question does napkin apocalypse have more followers on instagram than dane reynolds i'd say so <laughs> yeah that's 4.0 yeah 4.0 is the napkin the we're, napkin, we're napkin apocalypse takes over i think so i agree yeah and so is there is will there be a 5.0 like will there be dane on the big wave world tour or is dane just going to be is dane going to go i see dane possibly going willie morris like becoming a fisherman out of the ventura harbor 
and like making his living taking fishing charters out there and he's going to weigh like 300 pounds <laughs> no he'll he probably won't. weigh 225 he'll be a solid like he'll rip rincon for 20 years he'll have a spot there he'll absolutely do power gouges he'll surf really good he'll be pretty big and meaty and like willie was and like a strong big guy and he'll fish like that it's sounds very, good that sounds doable like I, i'm okay like it's like a I, very that ventura sounds, mentality yeah it's, it's so ventura it is and will I'll, he own a place at the ranch no. no, I'll be honest with you. I like to make fun. I bet he's happier now than he I was. hope he is. I bet I he's happier he's now guy. than when he was making 4 million bucks a year. He seems, I, I've, I've, I've always appreciated that we never could really put our finger on that. He didn't really follow the paradigm of, Oh, now it's time to go to the U S nationals or yeah. whatever. You know, like he's yeah. always been his own kind of, I think he sincerely doesn't care about the limelight. Like he prefers yeah. a little bit of reclusiveness. Yeah. And so he's, uh, begrudgingly like, you know, or he tried to do it on his own terms. Basically. He's like, look, if I need to put surf videos out, I'm going to hire my guy. We're going to go down the beach where there's not a lot of cameras and we're just going to do it on our own. Yeah. And so I admire all of that. And us even talking about him, I'm sure would make him uncomfortable. Like he'd prefer to be yeah. in anonymity. So when he gets yeah, that we offer, love Dane. We, come on, Dane, we're when, fans. when we get that off where, when he gets that offer for to surf surf ranch, I think he's just like, no, that's the limelight. I don't want the limelight. And by right. the way, it's in a pool. <laughs> like that's not that's no, not forget about way, that it's in lamore i have to stay at a casino <laughs> exactly <laughs> really uh, uh so other details by the uh, way it's a nice casino i've stayed there you stayed there dude it's a nice casino for lamore it's low on the totem pole of casinos in the world like every casino in vegas What's, is better oh yeah the, those are almost like resorts every casino in beer ritz is better like it's there's on the totem pole of casinos. Like this the, is the Kulangata Hotel is a better yes, casino. Yes, <laughs> dude. So the Tachi Palace is to casinos what Lemoore is to surf destinations. <laughs> wow, they're not hiring you for the marketing. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. Um, so, so, but other, back to Dane, is there a five or are we like what? Yeah. What do you do? You like my vision of him as a? As, does he even fish? Do we even know? Don't know, but yeah. yes, I think that's an accurate. There's another one. I got another. Okay. Which would be cool, which I think would be really sweet. I would love if I saw this. Dane coaches his little kid in Little League, and the Ventura chapter of the Little League goes on to the Little League World Series, and Dane is like the manager on ESPN of the Little League team that his kid's on. Hmm. That would be cool. I could see Dane is like, does he have any background in baseball? Yeah, he does, actually. It's funny that you mentioned that. I remember him an interview with him, like, before I, he moved to Ventura when he was like 12 and before that he was living, I forget where, and he played little league and he wanted to be like, that was his thing. Cool. So I see that. I see him at least being his son's little league coach. Well, that might be Sa five. You talking about Sammy? Sammy? I don't like Boo -Boo? to drop their names because it's Sammy Boo Boo. They drop them on Instagram. I know, but it's not, let's it's the just only say, I know, I know but I respect their, it's kind of weird to be talking about people's kids. If you don't really know them. It feels like you just designed a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I could totally see this. And like, Dane would be uh, Kurt Russell's way too old, but like if you could get like a young Kurt Russell, no, 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 Leo, Leo, uh, Leo, what's no. the guy's name? Leo is going to play Dane. Leo would never do a Disney Dude, movie. No, no, but Leo's career is fading off. So that's what you said about Kurt Russell, and look what he did. He did a Disney movie, <laughs> and it re and it kick started his career. By the way, yeah. Um, Leo plays Dane in the, in the Disney World in the Disney movie about Dane being in the Little League World Series. And Man. being the underdog. I wish I could access more actors in my head right now. Cause I think we can nail a better, a better Dane, a better likeness for Disney. Yeah. Mm. I'll, I'll think about it. Um, what about, um, 
the skateboard guy, uh, Jonah Hill. Too fat. No, he lost a ton of weight. That's true. They're going to meet in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I okay. Don't know how we got on this? I damn like it thing. though. So hey, so more uh, WSL scheduling rumor and innuendo. Twenty twenty, Sir French gone. G Land in. Yes. Cloud break potentially back in. Wow. Did you and Chaz break this news? No. Too? How did Stab you- Magazine gossip girled about it. Oh. Uh, and then the other rumor is they might be nixing an event in lieu of the Olympics or for the Olympics because uh, the Olympics are gonna like the, the surfers are gonna have to allocate their time August. to one or the other. I think the Olympics are in August. So we could lose Tahiti. Oh, that would be wrong. They need to move it. What What do we lose? We need to lose something. We can't lose Tahiti. That's silly. Well, I think they have to make a financial decision of which events have sponsors too. Right. Tahiti doesn't. Uh. Or this year, wasn't it? It was presented by Billabong actually. Or by uh, Hurley. Right? Yeah. Presented by that. Hurley this yeah. year. So maybe maybe Tahiti stays. I don't know. It's, it's a, a matter of what happens during that time of the year. Uh, July is J Bay. So maybe well, the Olympics are in August. I think I want to say right. the Olympics are in August. Right. Yeah. So that would indicate Tahiti, but if they can move Tahiti up into July and ditch J Bay, J Bay is sponsorless. Mm. And uh, that makes sense that Lamore is gone in September like that. Yeah. So anyways, that's all of your WSL scheduling stuff. Did you watch any of the ISA games? I watched some clips. I was vaguely interested in it. I, it sounds like it had a pretty good ending. I saw the Idolo air. That was pretty mind-blowing. The waves, the waves were good. The waves were totally contestable. It looked like an afternoon heat run at, in France. Yeah, it looked fun. You know? So you know why you didn't watch? No. Because there was no live stream. Oh. As I far as I, I could tr- I think I tried to watch. I think I... I tried to watch, but it was, and by the way, the format was so confusing. I know. Repercharge this, repercharge that, round one, heat one, you lose, you don't lose, losers round, losers repercharge. I was There's completely 10 rounds. It's just over the top. Yeah. And if you lose, you get to come back. Yeah. So uh, I, the reality is, I don't know. I'm not speaking. Maybe there was a live stream. I could not find a live I think stream. There was. So that's all. I think re- I saw some of it. I actually watched a little okay. bit. I tried to, but okay. it just it bogged down or something. So Kelly couple of details. You're right. Idola won with a 10-point ride. Kaloe got second. Gabriel got third, which I think is pretty interesting. Kaloe is actually contending a lot better than I expected him to, not just in that event, but like kind of on tour as a whole. Held is, first. This, is this Gabe softening as you suggested last time we spoke, or is this a mixture of Kaloe really sort of finding his feet and Gabe softening? Or It's a little of both. I mean, Plus, Gabe, the waves were wild card waves. Like it was, which it was Gabe that beach break. In. Yeah, you're right. He does. So, I mean, or or kind of maybe the buried lead is that Idolo is just becoming a better competitor and surfer than Gabe. Like Idolo might surpass Gabe. I've only got room in my brain for one goofy-footed Brazilian, right. and it might be Idolo. Right. Uh, but Kelly was shredding. Yes, Kelly, which was rad to see. Kelly surfed good, and they were blessed with that typhoon surf. That that helped yeah. Kelly's efforts for sure. He was launching airs. Like I, there was a couple of clips I saw where he's like pumping to this closeout section. And I'm like, the, yeah. And he just flung like perfect full road, like lands in the flats. Perfect. It was like, whoa, that's what young people do did with you, young knees. Did you, did you see the barrel he got? They got a little barrel yeah. too. That's a pretty cool. Yeah. He's always hunting the barrel. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else, Scott? Oh, did you see Sonny Garcia's photo yesterday? Oh, I'm so hurt by Sonny, the Sonny Garcia story. Tell me. 
How does it make you feel? It, it makes me feel just sad, like on a bunch of different levels. First of all, forgive me, but he tried to commit suicide, right? And he didn't succeed. And so there must be, and I don't know because I've never done this and I don't want to be insensitive, but there must be a ton of shame around that, you know, and, and a ton of sad, like, I'm just sad. Like, I'm just, I just, I, I'm just sad. Like the whole story, I don't see anything. I don't know. The only good that can come of, I, I don't know. I, I'm just sad. I'm just totally saddened by it. Like it bummed me out when I saw so, it. like his picture with the, and his sweet family trying so hard. And it was just heartbreaking. It was completely heartbreaking. So we've had a bunch of, um, or we've had limited information about this for the last six months or whatever that it's been. And that was the first visual that we've seen. Can you imagine a more devastating visual than that image? That's my point. I Can was, you? I was devastated. No, can't, I can't. Either. No, it was devastating. It was arresting. It, yeah. It was like, he, like, does he want to be here? Do, like, can he talk? He can't really talk. He's saying if he looked like he, it, 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 it really, I don't know what to think, but it, it was pierced me. Was like piercing. I stopped everything that I just, I saw it on Instagram actually beach grit posted it and I scrolled and I came across it and I just dropped like my whole body in essence. And it just dropped. And I just stared at it going, what, what, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? What does this mean for life? What does this mean for him when his fan? What does this mean for me? Like it. Well, first of all, it means nothing for us. No, it does though. Like it, not really, dude, this it is... totally does to, I'm not saying his life has direct effect on mine. I'm saying the implications of what people go through, like where, how you find yourself in a place in your life where that seems like a good option. And if you do like how that affects the people around you, like I'm transposing. Yeah, I agree. I get like that. his life experience onto my life experience. And like, how do you even end up here? Like, what? like I just found myself processing a lot of deep life. Me meaning too. Me too. And because of this one image, it was what, freaking, what is he like? What is he really feeling? Like, is he feeling, or does he have the capacity to even, you know, like this which is heartbreaking, man. It really is <sighs> trippy. Well, and I had, I had hope you know, a that, handful of people then text me the image like, Oh, did you see this? I cannot believe. And everybody felt and the same. That. No, but they all felt the same way as you and I, like they don't know how to process it. You haven't encountered a lot of loss the in most your life. Real life Instagram, like social media shit that like, we're so used to look at the fish I caught. You yeah. Know? And this is just like, Oh my God. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm no, we're all, that's why none of these texts, they were all from very close people that are comfortable having this conversation with me. And it was that it was like, I don't know how to process this. What, is, what does this mean? You know, like this is so devastating yeah. in a way that like we've had personal loss in our families. All of us probably have had close people die that, you know, and you, you learn how to process grief, but this was just like, it's confounding in a different way because it's not quite a, a loss in that way. It's a different type of loss that comes with a lot of um, extended tragedy and extended devastation. You know, it's really, really challenging. Well, hopefully for, for his family more than anybody. I mean, hopefully close if, friends. If like the, you know, one really positive way this could turn out is that he 
gets better. He gets his abilities to speak and think and talk and move freely and be his own independent self. And he goes out and he talks about his struggle and he helps people with that are struggling with depression. Like that's really the, that's like the end game in my opinion. Like that's really what seems to be the best possible situation. I would listen. And then I'd listen to every word. I would too. And I think that can happen. I don't know if that can happen or not, but I just, that picture is just so haunting. It's just like, so what goes through my mind is, does he want to be here? He, yeah, he failed. Know. Let's be honest with everyone. Yeah, he know. wanted to end his life. There's so the, does he now want to continue his life? Yeah. There's so that so could, other people brought him back. Like he didn't have a say in that. And it could go one way that it could go is like you, if you go through something like that, you have a brand new lease on life. Maybe right, you, yeah, you know, all. hopefully you come, you thank your lucky stars and go, Oh my gosh, I was at the brink and I don't care what the condition of my life is moving forward. I'm grateful for every breath. You know, I like the grateful thing. And I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of like hope and prayers talk and I certainly do pray for Sonny and I know everyone else does. And it's just, I, it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't think I've been able to process it. Yeah. Frankly. We're still processing for sure. You almost want Yeah. Yeah. You almost want to not see it. You know, like I almost wish that I didn't have to confront some of these things. Cause it's challenging. Yeah. Uh, well moving on, um, musty moment, Duke kook, my musty moment, Mason hose, new wedge edit. Wow. Did you see him surfing the wedge? No. Or did you see him surfing wedge? Not the, you know what else is plural, but sounds like it, it shouldn't be hmm. Sierra. Did you know that I'm going to the Sierra is, is plural. You don't say Sierras. Really? Yeah. Huh? Where are you going? The Sierra mountain, the Sierra mountains. I went to the one. <laughs> so the C, the mountains you know is else? plural, but Sierra isn't. Sierra is plural. Tell me what else? Church. The surf spot. Yes. Going to church. Yeah, I knew that one. Okay. Yeah. Man. And now the wedge. And now wedge. Wedge. Not the wedge? Wedge. It's just wedge. Um, <laughs> That's, surfers are the worst. Like we even, like th th this even matters. Um, this is. A, oh, by the way, another one. Trestle. No. Yeah, I'm going to go surf the trestle. That's not true. Yeah, it is. There's one trestle that you surf in front of. I'm going to surf the trestle. No, you surf in front of a bunch of trestles. No, you surf in front of the lower trestle or the upper trestle. No, the tress a trestle is just one piece of wood, right? And as you're surfing down the line, you're passing a bunch of different trestles. No, you go surf lower trestle or you go surf upper trestle. No, dude, you're making this one up. The other ones, I believe. That one doesn't make any <laughs> what sense What do you mean you all. believe as if I was maybe making up the other ones? Because those are the actual names. Uh, trestles is We need an expert. Dick Metz will chime in I'm on the this. expert on Dick that Dick Metz one. knows. No, I'm the expert on that one. Um, anyways, Mason Ho surfing the wedge. Uh, you mean wedge? Yeah, sorry. Dude, the guy's got no fear. The, we've known this. The waves weren't pumping. It wasn't like maxed out or anything, but he actually, he's such a talented barrel rider and he just goes straight into the sand. It's pretty awesome. So I'll post that for everybody on spitpodcast.com. My Duke is- You've got a full bromance with Mason, don't you? I wish we did. <laughs> <laughs> he won't respond to my DMs. <laughs> Maybe he's on Facebook dating. Try to scrape that data. <laughs> Uh, my Duke is Idolo for winning in jorts. 
Really? Yeah. He wore jorts? In his first heat. So he shows up. He's late. <laughs> he didn't wear the jorts throughout the rest of the event, but he showed up late for his heat at the ISA World Games in Miyazaki, Japan. After his passport was stolen or misplaced in Los Angeles, so he, he somehow made it to the airport, or like that was a few days before he had to leave, but he was sussing all of that out. He made it to the airport late, got to Japan, like literally landed the plane while the event's going. He's not sure if he's going to make it to his heat. So he like goes straight to the beach, jet lagged all of it, doesn't even have his boards, shows up at the beach with his heat is already in the water by the time he makes it from Los Angeles to Japan borrows Felipe Toledo's board. He's wearing jean shorts, doesn't change out of them, just wears his jean shorts, <laughs> paddles out with less than nine minutes left in the heat, had last priority, and won the heat. That was this his, is epic. That was his very first heat. I'm hoping that we have photographic evidence of yeah, the shorts. There's, there's video of it. This is great. On WSL's Insta. This is the greatest thing I've heard all week. Isn't it? It's really good. Yeah, thanks. Jorts. Yeah. All right, Scott. Well... Uh, manscaped.com use promo code surfing thanks to Shaq for hosting us thanks to spy optic for sponsoring the pat ross and custom board giveaway one other little tidbit if i can throw in there we are producing a online auction november 16th it's called lightning strikes and it's about 20 plus lightning bolt surfboards what? all vintage lightning bolt surfboards many restored some original and um, one board from each shaper. So like what? Lopez, Russell, um, you know, Rawson, uh, Eberly, Nellis. Parrish. Um, Parrish, Brewer, Kanai Puni, all of the, all now, you know, all the classic lightning bolt shapers will be one board from each shaper. Dude, you got to sell that as a piece, like as a complete set. One board at a time. One, that, that cannot be separated. Uh, how much would you like to purchase it for, my friend? That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to hype the audience right now. So that'll be on California Gold Surf Auction, and you and I will talk more about it later. As we well, get when does closer. it go live? No, well, it'll probably go live. I'm hoping to get the auction preview available for people around October 16th, okay. so in about a month. And um, then they'll have a month to preview and bidding uh, lots begin closing Saturday, November 16th at okay. 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And then finally, Need Essentials is our final sponsor. So yes. Thank you, Need Essentials. Long time. Long time. Long the original. Time. Yeah. The ori like really great. Really the original sponsor. I mean, maybe them and Spy together, but yeah, they're right there, neck and neck. But, um, you know, a long time ago, I used to have to sell the radio show. Did I tell you that? No. What do you mean? When I was doing the surf talk show down in San Diego on the radio, they made me sell the time. Like I had to come to them with money which I got by selling it. So I had like insurance companies and like, you know, El Napolito burrito. Right. <laughs> so it's not, maybe not official. But also but that was regional. It was all regional. So you can do that. Yeah. You know, like that burrito company. Yeah. Yeah. It was on radio waves that were only local. Yeah. Good thing is Neat Essentials is worldwide. You just Absolutely. go on their website and yes. get Primo suits and shorts and outerwear. Yes. All right. Well, spitpodcast.com, Scott. Until next time, adios and aloha. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh.
about you Have you got a place to stay? Why should I care? When I'm just trying to get along We were friends But now it's the end 